1: Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome inside the Guilty as Charged podcast. My name is Steven. I am your host. Coming to you live on a Tuesday evening ahead of the Chargers Thursday night football game on Amazon Prime against the Kansas City Chiefs. Excited to dive into everything about this game with my guys, Tyler and Alex. Tyler, I'll start with you, man. How are you doing tonight?
2: I'm doing very well. And actually, wait, wait, just getting it now. The Broncos are now taking a timeout. (laughs) My favorite thing about the whole time okay first of all Shannon
1: Sharp was hilarious in that but the entire time you just see Peyton just like progressively (laughs) getting like more stressed out just like and then at the end just has like looks like he's about to have an aneurysm was so funny Uh, appreciate the content from uh, Nathaniel Hackett last night so Mm -hmm. um, you know go Hawks baby Um, Alex what's up man how you doing tonight?
3: Yeah, um, I uh, we do have to worry about the Chiefs this week, but I appreciate the Broncos' effort <laughs> in hiring a Michael Scott from the office as their head coach, <laughs> who came out and said today that he would have done it over again if he had a chance um, to not take
1: the 64-yard field goal. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he. Uh, I'm sure that kept him up at night a little bit. Um, you know the the logic behind like taking a timeout and then deciding to kick a 64-yard field goal in Seattle instead of trusting Russell Wilson was it was it was hilarious I wasn't watching I can't I don't have a tv at my house right now um but I was sitting there refreshing the game cast on ESPN uh and I was like excuse me they're trying a 64-yard field goal so oh man it was a bad look and that those are the kind of games that of course you know you cannot afford to have in the AFC West in 2022 so uh hopefully the Chargers can uh, avoid that kind of performance Uh, So first and foremost, uh, like I mentioned, we are here to preview the uh, Chargers game with the with the Chiefs Uh, wanted to uh, first talk about a little bit of a health update uh, from the Los Angeles Chargers side of things. Um, You know, of course, you have to start with Keenan Allen. I feel like Uh, probably not going to play in this matchup. It sounds like it's kind of considered a long shot as he deals with a hamstring injury. So. Um, going to be a big game, of course, for the rest of the wide receivers. Uh, we talked a little bit uh, on the game, or at least Arjun, you know, kind of brought up the question of, you know, did the offense change with Keenan Allen? And I think after rewatching the broadcast, uh, I think the answer is yes. There, so um, there was a lot of DeAndre Carter in the slot. I'm curious to see how that changes this week without Keenan Allen, as they kind of have. Uh, it's not a full week, obviously, but they have the, you know, four days to prepare for the chiefs, uh, and prepare with, for life, uh, without Keenan Allen on Thursday. So, um, Alex, what are you kind of expecting as they kind of cope with, uh, the absence of Keenan Allen this week?
3: Um, I mean, I think you have to keep things pretty similar to how they were on Sunday after Keenan Allen exited the game. I do think that means a lot of Deandre Carter, but obviously Mike Williams has to get more involved. Um, You have to get uh, Josh Palmer more involved as well without Keenan Allen, uh, and perhaps that means kind of opening up the playbook a little bit more. Wouldn't be surprised if they dialed up some deep shots to Jalen Guyton, who was pretty uh, not in the game, you know, too much last week uh, in terms of his usage. And obviously against the the Chiefs, he's kind of gotten usage, dropped that uh, touchdown. In the end zone in the first game uh, last year. So I I mean, I do think they will try to get him involved. But really, I think it's just a team effort. You probably pull up Bandy from uh, the practice squad as well. So all things considered, um, you just kind of have to try to move on without him. Obviously, you know, we'll get to X factors and all that kind of stuff later but um, especially after his week one performance, Mike Williams has got to have a big game and really just everyone else behind uh, Keenan Allen and that wide receiver room has to step up. Yeah, Alex said it best. Everyone's got to step up. Jalen Guyton needs to be more involved. Like I
2: get him not being wide receiver three, but him playing, what, six snaps or whatever it was. Uh, and by the way, he was uh, wide open uh, in the end zone, but have kind of changed the narrative of what the, you know, the conservative offense if Herbert yeah. just hit Guyton in the corner of the end zone because he was wide open for a touchdown, so we'd like to see those guys get more involved. I'm still not convinced Bandy is the next guy up. I don't, I don't really know what they would do. Uh, I guess it guess depends on the flavor. I don't, I don't know if Bandy would be the next guy. He, based on preseason play, should be, but I don't know if they feel that way.
1: Yeah, you know, if you're talking about replacing Keenan out, I think that conversation kind of starts with Josh Palmer. You know, that's kind of been. Uh, what they've done in the past and I feel like he is he's the most you know similar in terms of body type in terms of route running ability physicality so DeAndre Carter was was uh, fantastic on Sunday right he put out a great performance and he could certainly do that again but I feel like this could be a Jason Moore game in, in terms of activation because you know you're putting Josh Palmer in the slot more frequently probably this weekend as opposed to uh, calling up Michael Banny, and then you have again just kind of an overcrowded slot room. So I do expect Jalen Guy to play more. Of course, he, you know he's going to be needed to play on the outside a lot as well. So um, we'll see how that one works. Uh, sounds like a positive step for J.C. Jackson today, as he was uh, limited in practice. So the team will have their final walkthrough tomorrow morning, um, and then they will th- they will fly to Kansas City. Uh, which, as Alex points out, is not even in Kansas. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we'll we'll know pretty early tomorrow with, about J.C. Jackson's status. Brandon Staley said yesterday that it was going to essentially be a 50-50 chance of him playing on Thursday. Uh, so, Tyler, do you think he ends up playing, or do you think they kind of hold him out again? Uh, and does is there kind of any change
2: for you in how you would approach him being out from Sunday? Any change? No, not really. Like, based on what they did on Sunday, I think that was kind of the the best that they could do. I'm feeling more positive. And obviously, there is a positive step forward with him being limited. If it were a knee injury, a hamstring, whatever, then I don't think he would. But again, they keep telling us this isn't an injury, it's just a wound. Yeah. So if he's been sprinting as early as last week, and now he's limited in practice, if again, if, if there's no actual injury, I don't see why he couldn't be out there if he's already able to practice in some limited capacity. I don't know what that looks like, but limited is certainly better than did not practice. Uh, so we'll see. But I do think he's trending positive. And I, I actually think he'll be out there.
3: Um, I don't think he'll be out there. I kind of expect the Chargers to err on the side of caution, especially on the short week. I think this would be more of a conversation if he was playing Sunday. Also worth noting that their yeah. Monday and Tuesday reports are all you know, estimation, um, in terms of where JC is at, uh, definitely think there's a solid chance he does play really might be 50, 50, kind of like Brandon Staley has indicated, but I do sort of expect how they've approached sports performance in the past, obviously how much money they put into JC Jackson, that they kind of err on the side of caution here, uh, and probably have him out against the chiefs. Um, you also don't have like a, Obviously, the Chiefs offense is dynamic, but you don't necessarily have a Devontae Adams type player to worry about this week, um, which, you know, might lead them to also kind of erring on the side of caution when it comes to JC. It's not necessarily a game he needs to play, even though we would all like to see him out there. Um, So I don't expect him to play. I I think that they roll out mostly the same, um, you know, quarterback rotation that they did last week. Yeah, you know, this
1: is uh, going to be a big game for the slot defenders. Obviously, you know, that's where Travis Kelsey's going to spend the majority of his day. Uh, Juju re- led them and uh, led the receiver room in targets and catches, which we'll talk to. And we'll talk about him in a little bit. Um, so, Bryce Callahan, of course, going to have a big game as well. So, um, I don't think they necessarily need JC Jackson. I think y- you feel better about them, their chances of winning this game, obviously, if JC is out. Because that gives them, in my opinion, a big time advantage when talking about secondary versus wide receivers. Um, So we'll see. I think I lean towards him not playing, but like Tyler said, I am definitely more optimistic uh, about that than I was a few days ago. So, um, you know, we'll see about J.C. Jackson again. We'll uh, find out early tomorrow. Like Alex said, today is kind of an estimation. I know they had a workout, they obviously didn't like practice, practice. They're not going to practice, practice tomorrow either, but they will have uh, a bit more of a, a walkthrough kind of situation. So uh, we'll see early there. Um, then the other one, again, really unfortunate, but Donald Parham has not practiced. There has been no positive update about him recently. So he uh, I-, I guess you're just like not expecting to see him anytime soon. So obviously on Sunday the Chargers called up uh Richard Rogers. He only played three snaps, if I remember correctly. He did get a target in the red zone, which I thought was kind of uh funny, you know, given the timing and how little he played. But um maybe we see them change that up a little bit with Hunter Cam Camp Moyer, but sounds like they trust Richard Rogers more at this point.
2: Yeah. Uh trust him to play all of like, three plays, like you said. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Donald Parr, I'm like I I can't figure out what's going on here at this point. I mean, wish kinda of, he would have gone to short term IR and Foko would have stayed on the roster. If it's getting worse or it hasn't gotten any better, like you gotta do something with him. what is officially the designation now? It's still a In hamstring of, injury. Yeah. Oh, it's so it's still the same hamstring injury. It just got worse. Uh, I don't know, yeah, man. Brandon Staley said that there
1: was a setback,
2: uh,
1: which was you know, led to him not playing. Hmm. So I think the setback was uh, not last week, week before that when they were on like their preseason bye week. Hmm. So they, yeah, they I must have, you know, he was ramping up and then, you know, re it, I guess.
2: Yeah, I would like to see. So I only saw Nate Tice's tweet from The Athletic, but he said right now he's watching the Chargers tight ends do everything they can to ruin the game for the Chargers. <laughs> uh, if it does, if the blocking was that bad, then I would like to see Hunter Campmore activated over someone like Richard Rogers, who just like is not a blocker and barely played anyway. I believe McKitty and Everett played like a pretty significant amount of snaps too. Like they were in 12 personnel a lot. And they tried a lot of play action with those guys. Did, so yeah. I would love to see maybe Cat get in there if it was as bad in the blocking department as Nate Tice indicates.
3: Yeah, um, gonna be interesting to see which one they activate for this game. I still think they'll probably lean on Richard Rogers, given that they think it's the chiefs and they need more of a receiver, even if it's for a whole three plays, um, (laughs) you know, like it was last game, who knows? Um, as far as the Donald Parham injury, I don't know what to make of it at this point, but I think that they feel like he probably will be out this game given the short-term turnaround. And then you have 10 days until the Jags game. So I would expect kind of a positive development by that point. And if we don't have one by next Sunday, then I think we're, probably looking at some kind of ir situation but i think they're just trying to ride it out for as long as they can yeah absolutely um to tyler's point you know uh daniel popper
1: tweeted this out but true media had uh justin Herbert under pressure on like 48 percent of his dropbacks and then you look at like the individual offensive line numbers and they all look really good so Um, you know, I I didn't feel like the tight ends was as bad as Nate Tice is making them out to be. I haven't watched the all 22 yet. Um, just went up earlier today, but I rewatched the broadcast yesterday. Um, and I didn't feel like it was a huge problem, but, um, again, we'll, we'll have to wait and see there. Um, all right, we'll move on here. We have a, a super chat from, uh, Michael Lopez. He says, I believe in Staley and co, but they need to truly let Herb cook. Even when they're up 10, that's the difference between the chiefs bills and us. Um, Yeah. I mean, I could certainly see that. I I think it's just different styles too. Like, I think if you really sit and watch the three of the quarterbacks that you're talking about, I think Mahomes and Allen just have a little bit more like gunslinger aggressive mentality than Justin Herbert does. Um, you know, Justin to me is, is a bit more conservative himself. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that kind of changes, you know, maybe down the road, there's a different offensive coordinator that can kind of coax a little bit more gunslinger mentality out of him. Um, but it, it, it definitely needs to open up a little bit more than last week. And I think Joe Lombardi admitted that yesterday himself.
2: Yeah, it'll have to, we're not going to hold them to 19 points. <laughs> no, not this chief's team, not this Chiefs team.
1: Um, all right. We uh, we're going to dive back into the chief's off season. Like we did last time. Uh, with the Raiders, this is not going to be as extensive as the Raiders one was, uh, cause the Raiders had an entire new coaching staff and basically like 55 new players on the roster. So, um, this will be a little bit quicker, but we do want to kind of revisit this and make sure, you know, we, we have a conversation about the new players on the chiefs that are, are kind of making an impact here. So, uh, that being said, Tyler is up here first. So, uh, Tyler, take it away, man.
2: Yep, I've got the coaching staff first. I also have a bit of a cough, so if I cough halfway through this, I apologize. <laughs> so here's the main guys, of course. Andy Reid, no surprise. Eight postseason appearances, six division titles, four consecutive AFC Championship games, two Super Bowl appearances, and one title. Uh, yeah, he's pretty good. And that's not even counting the Eagles stuff, which I'm sure Alex can talk about um, <laughs> off the top of his head. And it's a really rare case of a team being able to keep... like that is this good and consistently good? Be able to keep all of their guys... Now, we can get into why BNMA has not been hired and all those sort of things, but uh, I won't. Uh, But BNMA has been here since 2013 um, But their coordinator in 2018. Dave Tube, who's been a head coaching candidate for what seems like five, six years now. He's been their special teams coordinator since 2013. He's also their assistant head coach now, so that's interesting. Um, Steve Spagnolo, I can't remember if I'm saying his name correctly. He's been there since 2019. And I always say that I never thought the Chiefs defense was all that good but they play such complementary defense with the offense where it's like you put so much stress on the opposing offense that they make mistakes and his kind of defense really does a great job taking the ball away. Uh, this group with the Mahomes era, 12 and four, 12 and four, 14 and two, 12 and five. Uh, so yeah, the Chiefs are pretty good. Uh, some other coaches to highlight, uh, Andy Heck has been there since 2013. I think they do a pretty solid job with their linemen most every year. Last year with, you know, with Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, of course. So that's a pretty good group. And then Matt Nagy, I didn't even know that he was on the team until Steven mentioned it, uh, but he's back after a not-so-great uh, Bears run as the head coach to be the offensive assistant and QB coach. Other than that, this has been the same coaching staff, give or take, for years now. We know to what to expect. We know who's there, and they're a good team.
1: Yeah, you want to talk about you know why the Chiefs' offense is so good? Uh, <laughs> this is why. you know They keep most of their guys around um you know i'm curious to see kind of how life changes uh without my mike kafka who's the offensive coordinator with the giants at this point uh actually calling plays with uh brian dable so um not a ton of not a ton of changes right they're always good at special teams they're always good on offense they have a very high floor because of those two things uh and then steve spagnolo i think he's not necessarily an elite defensive coordinator but i think he's uh, able to kind of scrap things together. And he loves to blitz, loves to pressure. Uh, and I think it uh, obviously creates a very opportunistic defense. So
3: um,
1: yeah, not much to add about the, the uh, chiefs coaching staff because everybody's been there forever.
3: Yeah. Um, I mean, Steve Swagnola, I think is kind of an underrated defensive coordinator at this point. Um, I mean, back in the day when he was getting the most out of some of those giants teams uh, to all the way to now, where I I think, Considering what the Chiefs have had on defense, they've never been this defensive juggernaut. It, you know, it speaks to staying around for as long as he has, uh, even though the Chiefs defense, he has never been like elite. I think he's been a huge part uh, of what they've done, obviously. Um, Andy Reid, to me right now, is still the best head coach uh, in the league until Bill Belichick learns how to draft. Um, so or I hire people. Go, <laughs> or hire people or pick an offensive coordinator uh Eric Bieniemy obviously you know you're just kind of looking at consistency at that point and I think all the Chiefs players are really familiar with him Holmes has a great relationship with him uh, obviously so uh, at this point you kind of know what to expect there and it just serves as a great contrast to you know what we saw from the Raiders this week what we saw from the Broncos last night where Kansas City has just been the model of consistency for you know a decade since they've hired Andy Reid at this point Um, And, you know, everyone else in the AFC West has kind of, you know, been cycling through coaches for, you know, quite a while at this point. So, I mean, they run in tight ship and um, the the Chargers are going to experience that uh, in this game and in any future games against the Chiefs just because they've been this way forever compared to the Raiders and the Broncos Uh, and even the Chargers to some extent who are, you know, still trying to kind of find a coaching staff that is going to be there long term, even though we do currently believe in Brandon Staley.
1: Yep, absolutely. Uh, appreciate the uh, super sticker from uh, Mama Shun as well. Um, all right, we'll move on here. Uh, of course, have to talk about some of the free agency moves that the uh, Chiefs have made. Uh, you can talk about Tyree Kill to start their uh, veteran departures, if you will. They also lost Melvin Ingram, who's currently with the Dolphins as well. Uh, Tyron Matthew down there in uh, New Orleans, along with Daniel Sorensen. Uh, sticking around together, those two. And then uh, Charvarius Ward leaves to San Francisco. Uh, played a fantastic game for the Niners on Sunday. So um, a lot of different moving parts there. A lot of veterans. Uh, so they went out and replaced them with a lot of young guys, which uh, Alex is going to talk about in a little bit. Um, but they replaced Tyreek Hill with Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquez Valdez-Scanling in free agency. Um, those two players were... Uh, at least in terms of the receivers were second and third on the team in receiving Juju Smith Schuster. uh, Six catches, 79 yards on Sunday against the Cardinals. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, the uh, tall, lanky speedster. You can kind of consider him the uh, Michael Davis version of a wide receiver, just big, tall, fast kind of player. Uh, Four catches, 44 yards on Sunday against the Cardinals. So um, very different mix of uh, receivers as opposed to kind of what they've had in the past. They've never really had a Juju Smith-Schuster type of slot receiver. Um, really gives them a, a very interesting blend of balance with Travis Kelsey because, like I said, you know they've typically had Tyreek, Travis Kelsey, and then basically just a bunch of speedy yak receivers. So that's not necessarily Juju Smith's game, Juju Smith-Schuster's game. Uh, So very curious about how that uh, works out. Uh, Tyler has here safety slash kicker, Justin Reed. (laughs) Um, I don't know if you guys watched the like audio of him, like being told that he was going to go kick. It was actually really, really cool to see. Um, I guess he was a kicker in high school and played uh, some soccer as well. uh, And then actually got to kick in some college games uh, back in the day. So um, Justin Reed as a kicker, I think is a really fun story. Um, you know, they did sign a, a practice squad kicker today, but um, as a safety, it, again, it's a very different kind of safety than what they are used to having in Tyron Matthew. He's kind of playing more in the box, more, um, you know, inside, you know, being a physical presence as opposed to Tyron Matthew, who was uh, essentially a, a slot hybrid corner, uh, if you will, for the last few seasons, really a, a coverage guy. Reed's a little bit more of a thumper, a little bit more of a blitzer. Um, and that's who he's going to be much better in run defense for sure. Uh, but he's, you know, he's he's not uh, the honey badger by any means. Uh, Carlos Dunlap and Danny Shelton along the defensive line. Very recent additions, both signed in training camp. Um, mostly depth players. Danny Shelton was on the Giants uh, last year and was is a big, very big boy uh, up in the middle of the defense there. And then Carlos Dunlap, Uh, It's kind of their backup pass rushing type. And then Ronald Jones, the running back, uh, lost his uh, job already to Alex's guy, Isaiah Pacheco. (laughs) I'm sure he'll talk about in a little bit, Uh, but he is on the roster was obviously the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, leading rusher over the last few seasons. So uh, these are the uh, notable additions and losses from free agency for the Chiefs.
2: Yeah, my bad. I forgot to include Jarek McKinnon. So my bad over Ronald Jones. Wasn't he on the team last year, though, or no? Good question. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> I never make mistakes.
1: Yeah, you're good. I think you're fine. All right. Uh, Alex, you can uh, take it away, man.
3: Yeah. Um, I mean, we did an episode on the AFC West draft classes in general, and I think by far and away our favorite non-chargers draft class was uh, the Uh, Chiefs draft class and just all of the guys that they were able to pick up, Um, you know, you kind of just look at the group over here, Um, you know, the big loss for them for this game is Trey McDuffie, who just recently went uh, on IR after suffering a hamstring injury. But really, they have six guys here that are going to play significant roles in this game. George Karloftis had six quarterback pressures uh, last week against the Cardinals. You know, It's Guy Moore, who had a big catch for 30 yards against the Cardinals as well, is going to be one of their big, uh, you know, presence uh, in the receiver room with Juju and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Uh, guys like Brian Cook and Leo All are going to have to play as well. And just because Trent McDuffie got injured, Joshua Williams and Jalen Watson will as well. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco had 12 rushes for 62 yards and a touchdown last week. Uh, so, of course, my propaganda, but... <laughs> uh, you know, I think he, he showed why he should have been drafted a little bit higher than the seventh round by the chiefs sucks that he's there, but, um, yeah, all of these guys are going to have to contribute in this game. And we don't normally say that about chiefs draft classes, but after, you know, you have losses like Tyreek Hill and you have losses like, uh, uh, tyron matthew and everything that they kind of lost in the roster turnover in the offseason it just made their rookie class so much more important um and so far it really seems like they've nailed it and all of these guys are going to play pretty pivotal roles at least you know even on the back end of their roster aside from probably darian canard who's not going to play and Nazi Johnson, um, they have everyone who's probably going to play at least you know 10% of the snaps or so on their respective sides of the ball at minimum, um, and that is, I think, an indicator of a really productive draft class, and all these guys are, are going to get after it, and we were quite high on a few of these guys before and after the draft. So, um, yeah, I am concerned about this draft class that the Chiefs have assembled in this game, uh, just particularly because they've you know already shown their production.
1: Yeah, you know, very good draft class that, like you said, we all liked. Um, some people obviously point this out. Um, Trent McDuffie is on injured reserve, so that escalated very quickly for him. Uh, he will be missing the, at least the next four games. Alex did mention that he was hurt, but uh sounded like some people uh, missed that conversation. So um, Joshua Williams is going to start for the Kansas City Chiefs for the next few games as well. Um, Skymore only had the one catch against the Arizona Cardinals, so... Um, You know, there wasn't a a whole lot to go around as Patrick Mahomes is, you know, kind of force-feeding Travis Kelsey, Juju, and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. But I would definitely uh, think that Sky Moore gets more heavily involved as the season goes along. Uh, And Leo Chennault, who we all loved, uh, didn't play a ton, but as the Chiefs kind of go through the season,
2: I'm sure that will uh, increase for sure. Yeah, good group. I mean, we're looking at the Chargers who – I don't believe JT Woods played a defensive snap and Isaiah Spiller was inactive and Otito played six. And so, you know, obviously, Jamar, that's a great pick. He's just not going to be active. So, Chiefs got a good class. Like they're contributing immediately for better or for worse. They're on the field. Um, Of course, Trent McDuffie, IR, but it's a good group. We felt good about them when they were drafted. We hated the fact that they went to the Chiefs. uh, And hopefully, just for one day, maybe two days this year, they could be a complete ass. yeah hopefully for sure um
1: all right we'll uh dive back into the uh chargers side of things here uh we are going to do this uh segment every single week called victory formation uh this was uh play on words given to me by brooke my wife Uh, i have to give her a shout out because uh she told me to so brooke thanks for listening um so basically victory formation here is basically things that we Uh, need to see from the Chargers in order to pull off a victory every single week. Um, You can call this keys to victory, if you will. Um, Alex, we'll start with you, man. What's one thing that you think the Chargers have to do in order to pull out a victory on Thursday night?
3: Uh, One of the things they have to do is that Brandon Staley has to be less dumb than Cliff Kingsbury. Um, And uh, (laughs) I I think that that should be accomplishable. But, um, yeah, the Cardinals game plan for the Chiefs was just horrendous. Everyone's already talked about sort of the high blitz rate. They just didn't get anything much out of their, you know, offensive players. Their offensive designs weren't very good as well. Um, and so I hope that Brandon Staley and, you know, Joe Lombardi and the really the whole coaching staff can just play a game where you keep up with the Chiefs, you don't far, too fall, uh, you don't far, uh, fall too far behind. The Ch- Chargers have always been pretty close games with the Chiefs too, and I think even in the Anthony Lynn era, we're pretty well coached yeah. against them in some respects. Um, so I just want to see, uh, I guess, a well coached football game, and unlike Nathaniel Hackett last night, uh, you know, not using your timeouts poorly and and doing all that kind of stuff because Andy Reid and the Chiefs will take advantage of that. 10 times out of 10 and the Chiefs are a team where you can have a 20-point lead and it can evaporate in all of about 5 minutes, right? Um so I think just seeing the Chargers put together uh, a well-rounded coaching game especially even on a short week um, that's going to be key to keeping up with the Chiefs on the road.
1: Yeah, you know, like you mentioned, the the Chargers got off to hot starts against the Chiefs in both in against the Chiefs in both of their matchups in last season um, and then obviously the Chiefs were able to kind of uh claw their way back in and uh you know of course made the first game a little interesting second game they of course came out on top so um it is going to be you know i think that kind of points to good coaching in my opinion is being able to start hot against a team like the chiefs and i'm curious to see obviously if that uh continues uh tyler your uh your thoughts here of course you can add on to alex's point uh and then your uh victory formation point
2: yeah i mean i'll just add in related to that asante samuel jr and michael davis especially if jc's out which we don't know they got to show up i mean it was really cool story that asante samuel jr battled and i admire him for that but he he did allow nine catches for 108 yards and a touchdown you know davis two catches for 37 they got to step up uh because the chargers do not want to have to blitz and they don't want to have to do extra things they want to be able to rush four rush five or whatever and get home um, so those guys got to hold up. And that really goes for the whole secondary. But those two in particular, this is no longer Devontae Adams. So hopefully we can do better than, you know, nine catches for 108 with Asante Samuel Jr. But on, on the flip side, or I guess in front of them, the other guys have to step up and rush the passer. You're not getting four and a half sacks from Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa this week. I don't think, although I won't tell Khalil <laughs> Mack that because I, I feel like he would go out of his way to get six. six. Um, but other guys got to step up. We had Sebastian Joseph Day. Austin Johnson, Chris Rumpf, Kyle Van Noy, Jerry Tillery, Otito McBonia. They combine for two pressures. That's not good enough. Now, I know you didn't sign Joseph Day to be a pass rusher. I know you didn't sign Johnson to be a pass rusher. And I know that Kyle Van Noy was technically playing some linebacker more than edge rusher, but you need more than two pressures from that group. Whoever it is, you know, edge rusher or interior, they have to create some more pressure. I I, I totally believe that Joey Bus, like Joey Bus the last time in Arrowhead literally took over that game mm-hmm. and made sure the chiefs didn't quite get as many points as they could have um so i guess he could do it again and Khalil Mack and joy bus are a great duo but you just need a little bit more and without jc jackson you need these guys to step up
1: yeah and there's obviously some designer packages will be thrown in there i i don't know if you guys noticed this but i loved like they bring in a six defensive back um, and they kept the two linebackers on the field and they had the three defensive linemen at certain points, of course, Khalil, mm. Joey, and then Morgan Fox. So essentially they were in like a three, two, six look. Um, and, um, there were a couple of times where they bring Kyle up to the line of scrimmage. They bring Derwin up to the line of scrimmage and they did a stunt game around Joey Bosa. And then Khalil Mack had a one-on-one on the opposite side against Colton Miller. And it resulted in one of, uh, Khalil Mack's sacks. So, that's kind of something that we've seen from the past in the uh, from the Patriots with kind of that three two six look, Kyle Oj, Dante Hightower kind of blitzing up the middle, blitzing up the a gaps, looping around, doing stunts and games. So I loved watching what Brandon Staley uh, did in that regard to kind of cook up some pressure against Derek Carr. So we've seen Drew Tranquil have some moments as a blitzer against the Kansas City Chiefs in the past. He's very good at that. Um, Calvin Oy did come close to uh, Derek Carr a couple of times on some some blitz action so um, those two guys I think will play a part in that role as well all right so uh, my point here I'm going to talk about this being a very important uh, wide receiver game for the Chargers I'm, I'm not just talking about like bouncing back and being okay I need to see Mike Williams and Josh Palmer dominate this game and really just attack the Kansas City Chiefs corners because that is not something the Arizona Cardinals did uh, at all this week Um, outside of like one deep shot to Mark Marquise Hollywood Brown everything was like zero to nine yards uh, for the Arizona Cardinals offense just did not make any kind of sense to me Um, you know their leading receiver at least in in terms of yards per route run uh, was a guy named Greg Dortch, who uh, Alex and I were kind of <laughs> joking before the show. We had never heard of him until uh, looking at this stat sheet. Um, and even that, man, his his yards per route run was 1.5. Uh, so you had Marquise Hollywood Brown, who they traded, uh, as we all know, a first-round pick for. Uh, he was at 1.02 yards per route run. Andy Isabella, who only played you know 15 snaps, 0. 0.67 yards per route run. A.J. Green, 0. .42 yards per route run. They did not test the, the Kansas City secondary at all in any kind of facet of the game. So you, you're you going up against the secondary, again, that does not have its best corner, who was already a rookie, not necessarily an established guy. You have Rashad Fenton and Josh Williams probably starting on on the outside. This needs to be a game where Mike Williams and Josh Palmer dominate. And I'm not talking about like a cute little 50 yards like I need both of them over 85 yards, both of them, you know, being a threat in the red zone. And, you know, I, I think they're up for the task. Right? I think Josh Palmer is a fantastic player. You know, there were some really good routes that he ran on Sunday, got open, uh, and then Justin Herbert had some pressure and did not, uh, you know, was not able to find him. So I think you could make an argument for Mike Williams in that same kind of vein as well. They Neither of them were able to really kind of assert themselves And I need them to do that this week. And uh, as DZ points out, Jalen Guyton, I think you need to see uh, a couple big plays to Jalen Guyton this week as well.
2: Yeah, the good news with Mike Williams, after his rookie year, 22 catches, 344 yards, four touchdowns, two two two-point conversions, and a rushing touchdown in Arrowhead. So if there's a get-right game for Mike Williams, it's this one.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate
1: Yeah, he loves Kansas City, man. <laughs> um, all right, we'll move on here next. Uh, we're going to get to our key matchups and our bolt predictions. Uh, Tyler, why don't you, you kind of talked about the cornerbacks, but uh, did you have another key matchup that you want to focus in on this week?
2: Yeah, uh, I wanted to go Nasir Adderley and Alohi Gilman versus the deep ball, but I actually want to switch it over to whoever it ends up being. I don't quite know because we couldn't tell. What, like It's Derek Carr. He's not moving, he's not really mobile. Patrick Mahomes is going to move. And I feel like every single year we're saying, please, for the love of God, I'm pretty sure it's Alex that says this too. Someone, for the love of God, put a QB spy on Patrick Mahomes. Because for whatever reason, he ends up with 30 yards against the Chargers, 40 yards, whatever. He just does it. And he's talented. So whether it's Kyle Van Noy, whether it's Kenneth Murray, who apparently looks great, and I think he did, I just didn't watch it yet, whoever that is, that matchup to me is super key in this game. Yes, there's a lot more other things and a lot more matchups to keep an eye on. But to me, like, that's just a backbreaker. That's a defense breaker. You have great coverage, maybe even a good pass rush, but then Mahomes just runs for 20 yards. It's like, ah, what a backbreaker. It's not really rewarding your coverage either. So whoever that ends up being, and I don't quite know yet because haven't, we haven't seen this defense against a mobile quarterback yet. Um, but whoever that ends up, ends up being, that's the matchup I'm watching.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure when we talk about uh, Patrick Mahomes running, I still have nightmares of the Mexico City game where he had like <laughs> 60 yards, and I'm just like, and yeah. so many of them were just back-breaking third downs, like Tyler said, and we already saw that the Chargers kind of struggled getting off the field last week uh, against the Raiders, particularly in the first half, uh, beginning of the second half with Devontae Adams. So, I mean, you know, and that was talking about Derek Carr, a quarterback that doesn't have a, a ton of mobility. Patrick Mahomes is not a mobile quarterback, but obviously he can run whenever it's necessary. And if you don't, you know, limit him in the pocket, and obviously that's kind of like hard to do also, because of course you have to worry about all the chiefs receiving options and and worry about Travis Kelsey and all that, but it would just be so deflating to play, you know, two really good downs and then have Patrick Mahomes run for 10 yards on third and nine. Right. Um, And that's, you know, just kind of what's been happening in the chargers what been happening in the other team? So, you know, you do have to prepare for that as well. Um, yeah, I don't know if this is really a matchup with the Chiefs, but for me, I'm watching Austin Eckler's snap count percentage, uh, particularly in this game. Um, the Chargers gave him 49% of the offensive snaps last week uh, and uh, decided to kind of approach it in a running back by committee kind of way. Uh, with Sony Michelle playing more than I thought he would, uh, Joshua Kelly uh, being up there in snaps as well. So I, you know, we just need to see more Austin Eckler this game. You know, that doesn't necessarily have to come in the form of rushing, especially if you do get down to the Chiefs at some point. Obviously, you can't really run the ball too effectively. Uh, and you're not going to run the ball too much on the Chiefs anyway. But I do think you need to see him get more involved in the receiving game and more around uh, all over the field. Uh, he's an explosive weapon for a reason.
1: Is he frozen for you too, Tyler? Yes, but And a great so, point. yeah, oh, oh, that's, there we go. Yeah, just what
3: we need to see from Eckler and that whole group in general.
1: I, um, it sounds like Alex was frozen for a little bit. Um, I do agree that Austin Eckler absolutely needs to uh, be a little bit more involved on offense this week. I w- would love to see him getting uh, into some one on one matchups versus the Chiefs linebackers and, and, and really test them. I think. You know, obviously we feel better about the those that group of players than previous years when you're dealing with like Anthony Hitchens and 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 those kind of players. So um you know I hope that this is a good uh Austin Eckler and he and he had a great game against the Chiefs in the first matchup. So uh hopefully that continues this week. Um we uh didn't really talk about Trey Pipkins uh against Max Crosby last week uh mm-hmm. and he looked really good. you know I was really kind of trying to focus in on him Uh, looks like we lost Alex there for a second. Um, but yeah, I was trying to really focus in on, uh, Trey during the broadcast angle. It was obviously a very difficult, um, but I thought he held up very well against Max Crosby, you know, considering where he has been in his development. And of course, where Max Crosby is at this stage of his career as one of the best edge rushers in the league. So, um, some very, very good reps, uh, against Max Crosby. Um, you know, so there was uh, a better display of being able to counter and match Max Crosby's counters, uh, than previous years. So I, I do think that his, his work with, uh, Duke has, has really showed up so far. Uh, but I need to see it again, man. I need to see him string together some games and be able to prove that, you know, he can not just be, you know, solid, but he can potentially be more than that. So, um, you know, Alex talked about George Karloftis and his six pressures. Um, Carlos Dunlap, a very proven edge rusher in this league. Uh, Frank Clark is still on the Chiefs. You have Michael Dana, who had six pressures against the Cardinals as well. So the the Chiefs have a, a pretty good edge room. I don't think they have, obviously, a Max Crosby-level player. Uh, but this is definitely an important Trey Pipkins game. Um, and I think, you know, you also need to see him be more of a, a linchpin uh, in the run game that was kind of you know the strength mm-hmm. of him versus storm norton was his ability as a run blocker at least in my opinion um mm-hmm. and i would love to see him be a little bit more involved there and of course the chargers need to be better on the ground uh in general but i wanted to give uh trey pipkins a little shine for the way he played uh on sunday after re-watching it he only gave up two pressures uh in arguably you know one of the biggest games of the season so uh excited to see where trey can take this man because if he is you know, only allowing two pressures against Max Crosby, you know, he should be shining in a game against a rookie edge rusher like George Karloftis and a washed Mm -hmm. up Carlos Dunlap and washed up Frank Clark, who he's frankly kind of dominated in the past. Uh, So this is an important, uh, another important step for Trey Pipkins as he looks to build uh, his resume, if you will.
2: I always get these mixed up your right defensive end or outside linebacker lines up over the left tackle. Yeah.
1: Yeah, right defensive end would be lining up against Rashawn Slater.
2: Yeah, that was George Karloftis last week, so I guess we'll never hear from him. <laughs> Bye, George. <laughs> you may <laughs> get six pressures this week if that's the case.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, all right, we'll uh, get to our bold predictions. Uh, did not go super great for Alex and I last week, but that's okay. You know, the charges still came, up on, came out on top. So, uh, Tyler, we'll start with you, man. What's your bold prediction for this week?
2: Gerald Everett has more receiving yards than Travis Kelsey.
1: Oh, spicy, spicy. Explain, please.
2: Uh, We have Derwin James.
1: (laughs) Fair, very fair. Uh, Derwin all over the place last week. Uh, I think we probably see him cover Travis Kelsey a little bit more than he covered uh, Darren Waller. Um, All right, my bold prediction. I'm going to go... Let's see. I went with the interior defensive line showing up in as pass rushers last week. Again, that did not go very well. Uh, so I'm going to pivot back to the linebackers, man. I mentioned uh, Drew Tranquil and his past history as a blitzer. Kyle Noy was very close. Uh, we've seen Kenneth Murray have some success as a pass rusher. Quietly played pretty good on Sunday, in my opinion. Uh, so I'm going to say we get uh, one sack out of the linebacker room, and I'm going to say we get four tackles for loss from that group this week. Big game for the linebackers.
3: Um, yeah, I'm I'm not bold enough to predict Gerald Everett uh, getting more <laughs> yards than Travis Kelsey. I hope Derwin James has that great of a game. Uh, and if he doesn't, that probably means that the Chargers ultimately won on Thursday. Um, I'm going to do it. All right. I think that DeAndre Carter follows it up. Three four receptions, <laughs> 80 yards and a touchdown. I think that he uh, you know, subs in for Keenan this game again. I think that Mike Williams will have a bigger game. So does Josh Palmer. But I think DeAndre Carter will prove that last week was not just a fluke and that obviously he is more than just a returner. So if you
1: think DeAndre Carter has 80 yards and a touchdown and Mike Williams and Josh Palmer both outproduce
3: him, we're getting like a 400 yard game from Justin Herbert. I mean, we've already talked about how The Chiefs corners and and safeties are kind of banged up right now. So, I mean, I I think it's kind of going to be a shootout between Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes anyway. So, I I don't think that's uh, too out of the open in terms of chances happening.
2: Do you think we see a DeAndre Carter rushed this week?
3: Uh... I mean, I might need to take, you know, 10 uh, receiving yards away and then add that to an end around <laughs> touchdown. I don't know. I haven't totally. Fought, oh, two that touchdowns. Okay. Yet. 70 yeah, yards, so three catches. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> okay. maybe, maybe add another touchdown as a, you know, kick return. Putt return, ways, but too. Putt return yeah. as well. Four <laughs> touch, but now we're up to four touchdowns. Uh, but yeah. Wildcat. Do, <laughs> Wildcat. Uh, but yeah, I, I do think DeAndre Carter is going to have a, another follow up. Good game. You know, we got
1: teased by Anthony Lynn with, uh, Joe Reed being the second coming of Percy Harvard, but it's really Deandre Carter four years later. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Oh my goodness. All right. So, um, uh, we are going to do our, uh, weekly we- league wide picks on Saturday during our Q and a, uh, but we are going to do what's up Tyler. Oh, score prediction. Yes. We are going to do a score prediction for the chargers. Um, Last week, I forget who was closest last week. I don't have the sheet up. Does anybody have the sheet up? I, I know it wasn't
2: me. So I was kind of lower.
3: I said thirty-one twenty-three, I think.
1: Yeah, I said 30-24 to 24 too. This. So uh, our score predictions were not super good last week, but uh, we all predicted the Chargers win, and they, that, that was what happened. So uh, Tyler, you want to kick us off here
2: first? Yeah, I'm going to go with a weird one. I think this might end up being a product of the Chargers maybe not be able to get things going, maybe without Keenan on, without Donald Parham. Um, but I also think the Chiefs are facing a Chargers defense that seems pretty good. So I think it'll actually be kind of a lowish scoring affair, which I'm mm. it's still going to be wrong. Um, now the Chargers winning 24-21. All right, so for what
1: it's worth, uh, the over-under in this game is 54 total points. Uh, The Chiefs are currently favored by three and a half. So I guess I should have loved that one. But uh, Alex, what's your uh, score prediction for Thursday night?
3: Uh, I I do think it's going to be a pretty big shootout. Um, I got the Chiefs winning 31-27, though. I do think short (laughs) week, you're missing Keenan Allen, you're missing J.C. Jackson, and they could win in spite of that. Um, but those are two pretty pivotal losses to to have at this point. Had they had those two players, I probably would pick the Chargers in this game coming off of that, you know, momentum, you know, shifting win against the Raiders. Um, but I still think Chargers haven't had the best luck in Arrowhead, you know, uh, recently, although they did win the game last year. Uh, and, you know, they and do a 2018, 2018 win in their pocket uh, in their pocket as well. But, um, I mean, the game that they won the year before that was the one against, uh, was it? who? Don't worry about it. No, <laughs> who, who was it? Uh, Just, I, uh, I don't remember. It. Henny, Chad Thin, Henny, Hen, whoever it was. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I still think the Chiefs win this game uh, until the Chargers kind of, I guess, prove it against this version of the Chiefs team, particularly after the explosive offensive week they had last week. Uh would love to see a Chargers win, obviously. Would not be surprised at all if they did win. Uh, in spite of, you know, everything kind of going against them in this one. But I do did pick the Chargers to split the season series with the Chiefs. Uh, and I do think this is their loss out of, the, out of those two games. Yeah, I could certainly see that happening. I mean, the Chiefs
1: are so good. Um, Papa Shun here, uh, beat the Chiefs 2-0 on Thursday. Appreciate the uh, super chat there for sure. Um, I don't know if you guys saw what Nate Ty said about this, but... Um, the Kansas City Chiefs had 66 plays on offense uh, against the uh, Arizona Cardinals. Any idea how many first downs they had?
2: Okay, hold on. No, no, hold on. No, this is I guess, this is important. Hold on. Uh, <laughs> 25. Alex, any guesses?
1: Or do you know? No, I don't know. I'm going to say 30. They had 33 first downs. Oh. So they had 66 plays on offense, 33 first downs. That means they were getting a first down basically every other play on offense, which is just an absurd amount of uh, first downs and production on offense. So I agree with Alex Wright. The, the uh, Cardinals defensive game plan last week was trash. Like you don't blitz mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes that often and get away with it, especially when you have corners uh you know, like the Cardinals do. So I do think like there is some of like Patrick Mahomes is, I think clearly on a mission to put up as many points as many yards as possible this year. I think Andy Reid is as well. But I do feel better about the the chiefs the charges, uh, excuse me, the charger's ability to stop the Chief's offense than obviously the Cardinals did. So I think we could see this be a low scoring game. I'm not betting on that given the two quarterbacks that are playing in this game. I don't I think this is going to be a high-scoring affair um, with, you know, primetime Justin Herbert, primetime Patrick Mahomes. But I do think the Chargers have enough on defense to win this game. I, I predicted that the Chargers would split with the Chiefs as well for whatever reason. I feel better about their chances of winning at Arrowhead before mm-hmm. the Chiefs are kind of really into a groove with this new offense. So I'm going to go with a Chargers win as well. Um, You know, obviously Arrowhead is a very tough place to play, Um, you know, and it is a Thursday night game, short week, you're traveling. But I do think the Chargers win this game, and I'm going to go 33 to 31. So a very close win, both
2: teams Mm -hmm. in the 30s. What do you feel like their philosophy will be with fourth downs? Do you think they maintain that like last year? Or kind of just if it's fourth and one, we can QB sneak it or hand it off to, to Horvath.
1: I think we see a strong swing in the opposite direction from Sunday. I mean, they, they went for the fourth down with the quarterback sneak, but they were uh, very conservative in that regard as well. I think some of that is just kind of the way the defense was playing. Some of that is obviously JK Scott. Um, I, I think we see him. We see Brandon say he'd be very aggressive again, because he that's what he's talked about, right. Is, is being able to outscore the chiefs. And so, I think we see the chargers be very much more aggressive in this game. That's why I talked about the uh, wide receivers being kind of the the key thing here for me. Uh, And I do think we see that happen this week. Cool. All right. So we had, uh, that was most of our, uh, like I said, (laughs) we did not have 35 minutes of Raiders talk, uh in this one so <laughs> hopefully you guys uh enjoy that alex any final thoughts for you uh ahead of this matchup between the chargers and chiefs on thursday night football
3: uh yeah i mean i hope the chargers win this game uh i would not be surprised at all if we did and hopefully we have a happy podcast on thursday and we go into a 10-day break with the chargers up 2-0 that would be awesome um so yeah just room for the chargers in this one obviously
2: Yeah, beating the Raiders made me feel better about the Chargers in this division. But the Broncos, looking like they did, maybe feel even better. So if the Chargers do lose against the Chiefs, I don't feel quite as bad. It doesn't feel quite as tight because the Broncos did not look great. So yeah, hopefully we're celebrating a win. We will be here after the game.
1: Yeah, I have to say, I feel like this uh, four-horse race in the AFC West was a little bit uh, exaggerated. I do think this ultimately does become Chargers and Chiefs. Down the stretch, we have one team in Vegas that doesn't believe in offensive linemen or cornerbacks and the other team that doesn't believe in their $250 million quarterback. So, fun combination. Um, We didn't talk about this a ton. I will say this is going to be a much bigger test for the Chargers' run defense. Um, The Chiefs ran for 130 yards against the Cardinals. Again, it it was a blowout, right? But all three of the Chiefs' running backs that touched the ball averaged over five yards a carry uh against the cardinals who um were a tad better than the Chargers against the run last year granted jj watt didn't play in this one uh but we didn't talk about it much i wanted to throw that out there this is gonna be a very tough test for the Chargers' interior defensive line and their linebackers as they try and uh, play light boxes against Mahomes and be able to stop the run effectively on thursday yeah that's a really good call so Uh, that's going to do it for us tonight guys appreciate everybody that uh, was in here in the chat tonight we had over 300 pretty much consistently for the whole show so we really appreciate that um had a great reaction to uh or or turn it I should say, to our recap from the raiders uh victory so we hope that is a similar result on uh, thursday night as we go live after the show uh arjun's analytics uh episode will be live tomorrow morning Uh, And then Thursday morning, I will have an interview with a Chiefs uh, writer and podcaster for you guys to get a little bit more insight on that game as we uh, prepare for it. So, as always, if you are listening to this, please leave a rating or review. If you're watching, make sure to like the video, subscribe, turn those notifications on, make sure you're not missing anything. And as always,
0: bolt up. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early,